Good evening, everyone, and welcome once again to Ancestral Eyes. I think this is episode number eight, if I'm not mistaken, Jean-Jerome. Jean-Jerome, can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me, Jean-Jerome? I can, I can. Hello, hello. <laughs> All right. So today is episode eight, and I want to welcome our friend, my friend, John Corvus, also known as John Husilak. And we are here today in episode eight on Ancestral Eyes to talk with him and his journey, his spiritual journey. So I'm going to start with my questions, but I'm going to say, Jean-Jerome, hello, and can you welcome Welcome, everybody, for episode eight. We're very honored, very pleased to have uh, John Husilak, uh, also known as Corvus, on the show and to speak about the uh, Romani belief system and the veneration yeah. of Sarah Kali. And also, as I consider this episode eight a tribute to the memory and the spirit of my mother, which loved the Romani people, the Romani belief system, Wonderful. and uh, would consult with the spirit of uh, Ajitana. So uh, yeah. in honor of my mom, which I have have with me here, Wonderful. and listening to the uh, show, uh, I am very honored to have John with us. Wonderful, I'm wonderful. And, and yes, and uh, I, I also uh, am really pleased because I also have part of my ancestral spirits are also of the Gitanas. Okay. So this is also a very personal show for me too. And I welcome John. Okay, John. So we're going to start. I I'm the kind that just dives right into the questions immediately, <laughs> <laughs> as you can see, and I can see already a few people are tuning in and saying, hello. Um, good evening, everybody. We're going to have some questions uh, uh, at the end of the show or at some point in time during the show if you can ask your questions we'll be able to answer your question so I'm going to start with first of all yes John John Husilak also known as John Corvus the Romany Wayfarer now I understand also that uh, your ancestors are Calderash Ukrainian and again, with regards to Romani people, um, I'm going to ask if you can explain a little bit. Uh, I know that some people find the word gypsy um, as 
derogatory, um, but we're also referring to the Gitanas or the Tsigani and the Germanic Sinti and travelers in the Celtic. So if you could just sort of give us a uh, clarity of the origins of these words and, and the clarity of uh, your own origins, okay? Go ahead, John, thank you. Let's work, let's work first with those words, right? So Yes, please. Uh, yeah, Romani is um, a collective word for all the different peoples um, that are under that fold. Roma are not only uh, part of that world uh, of mm -hmm. us and so forth, but in many of the dialects of Romans, um, it also means uh, us as people. So there's a confusion sometimes with Roma, Romani, um, and of course, the infamous word for some people is uh, is gypsy. Um, right. When we go through this type of mindset, um, we have to remember that there are spiritual paths that uh, go on the Singana Chingana um, lines, and right. we're not diminishing the people the Romani peoples or the Sinti peoples by using the term gypsy in that sense. Um, right. If you are in, yeah, if you're in uh, certain countries uh, around the world, some mm -hmm. use the term still of gypsy mm -hmm. in a benevolent way, while others, like for example, in Canada, the United States, uh, mm -hmm. those two especially, the term gypsy is derogatory right. uh, in their mindset and the word um, can be used negatively around the world as well. Just like any right. word, right. this is a multi-layered one. So it is a very sensitive issue for some people. Mm -hmm. um, now, you... you mentioned travelers. Yes. And I just Go want to clarify that as well. So right. the Irish and Scottish travelers are different than the Romani peoples or the Sinti people. Okay, could uh, you tell us how? Sinti. Yes. Yeah, so we have uh, the travelers are Celtic in origin, right? Nomadic Celts in origin, they speak a, um, a language called Kant, which is uh, K-A-N-T or C-A, NT, depending on which spelling you want to use. Okay. Uh, they have they have similar practices of purity and nomadicity early on. Now we get into um, a blur because the Roma shell are the yes. are the Romani of the British Isles. Okay, so there it has been some uh, mingling and some collaboration mm -hmm. that way, genetically as well. But these are two separate people with separate uh, genetics, mm -hmm. okay? So uh, the Romani peoples for, and we have a lot of data nowadays, especially mm -hmm. uh, with it, mm -hmm. are from the Indian subcontinent, 
specifically right. Northwest India, and their migration over to Europe is where we have yes. them coming in. Um, there has been a lot of study on why they moved mm -hmm. out, and we still don't have concurrent evidence. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of data, but mm -hmm. because it happened so long ago, and because we did not have, uh, it's not a written record from mm -hmm. from the Romani themselves. We have mm -hmm. a lot of records from outsiders okay. uh, about us. So it's always a very mm -hmm. um, difficult piece. But I can mm -hmm. honestly tell you, we have a lot of data, including genetic data, that shows us coming from the Indian mm -hmm. Sabbath more than being part of the Lost Tribe of Israel, which is another mm -hmm. uh, interesting mm -hmm. piece uh, for it. Though we do have uh, connections with the Dom, the Domare, uh, that did settle in uh, the Middle East as well. So the term gypsy itself, again, mm -hmm. whether it was put upon us by outside influence or if we mm -hmm. adopted it partially, it's still a little bit of a, a shaky piece that way. But we do know that the first use was because of um, a gentleman in the uh, Germanic states at the time. So the Holy Roman Empire piece, right. not uniformed Germany, mm -hmm. um, of a gentleman called uh, Prince Raymond. Mm -hmm. And... He introduced himself being the prince of Little Egypt. Okay, oh, so that is where the Egyptians come from. If you actually read the Golden Compass, talking about a fictional part, but interesting enough, they use uh, Egyptians in there. Oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. That term is actually where a lot of uh, the origins of this word come from. Again, of it's mint-leveled. I'm not going to... It's too right. long of a discussion right. to really go into extensive detail, but when we use the term uh, gypsy, mm -hmm. I believe it's an introduction to discussion. So I don't find it Thank offensive you. unless someone slants it that way. It has to be the intonation and the intention right. behind the word causes right. the slur or not. Um, right. This is for me. But saying Roma, uh, unfortunately, when I started uh, doing Calicera in that, people thought I was from Rome uh, or Italian. So oh, it, didn't, okay. it didn't work out very well that way. Um, <laughs> and again, education is key. And if we right. allow the word to introduce people in right they can better understand the complexity of it as well um, right and the yeah, culture so. itself right yeah. okay and there's so, so much there's so much different cultures so what happens with the romanian blocks or the mm -hmm. roma shop from england or the um singana chingana from mm -hmm. brazil mm -hmm. the cap yeah. Spain and Portugal, many different cultures, 
many different customs, but there is a commonality. And okay. you can see it over time of how different practices occur. For myself, how yes. I got introduced into it was pretty much um, trying to research my family history and discovered that uh, we are from the Black Sea area right. and we dropped right off. Uh, there was the records got a bit dubious and so forth. So when I uh, okay. went there um, and discovered that we have um, the words that I remember. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So my Calderash ancestors are from my father's side, Calderash Ukrainian. My mother's side, by the way, because we're talking about ancestors, yeah. have, I'm very proud to say that I am Scottish uh, in my mother's side and United Empire Loyalist. So, oh, wow. Okay. So, to all That's... ancestors that we're talking about, even though we're focusing on one aspect. Right. Right. I started learning more and more. And it was odd because I was also being introduced to Buddhism around the same time that I started learning about blood faith as well. Um, right. The, the Romani uh, spirituality, that within my blood. And I right. made a choice. Um, I was actually, I still am a uh, keeper of the Dharma. Um, I can teach. And if you ever need free Buddhist literature on it, I, I can always provide that some great transcriptions that way but i was literally going to go on a monastic route with buddhism chan buddhist and oh, okay. um i basically came across my wife in toronto <laughs> and that changed everything so uh wow so, so yeah so it was actually the research into your calderash background that got you started in your current belief system via your wife. Well, that's 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 very interesting. Now, I just wanted to ask, with regards to your spiritual belief systems, okay, these traditions, these are the traditions you studied. Um, is it just Buddhism or is it um, from the Buddhist and doing your ancestral lineage that you got into the Calderash uh, spiritual belief system. And from there, the Roma people, right? Yeah. Largely my spiritual system of Linda, Linda Bochi, or the best way of saying is wayfarers, a wayfarer ship. Okay. Uh, is a collaboration of many different traditions. So it's not strictly Calderash. And it, oh, okay. it's my, okay. my mentor herself, um, she passed away uh, and, uh, during the actual full lunar eclipse that we had on uh, oh. winter solstice. I'm so sorry um, to hear sorry that. To hear that. No, she, oh. she's there. And since I was not allowed, because you, one of the things is you ask a person if I may say your name when you've when you pass, right? And uh, she did not want her name to be spoken uh, after death. I have to wait until I see her in another person's eyes uh, uh, okay. before that happens. So that's why I always say mentor. 
but right. she was Sinti and she actually uh, traveled around with her nephews uh, outside mm -hmm. of Harvard, Ontario, which is near St. Jacob's. And that's okay. when I was fully introduced to wayfarership as I know it. And I've elaborated through many studies, especially with um, people in Sao Paulo, this, um, my southern um, constellations there of of Seri Kali Singana. Okay, um, yes. So wayfarership is a very organic piece trying to recover a lot of the lost spiritual practices mm -hmm. of ancestors. That's right. what it really boils down to. Um, fortunately and unfortunately, um, mm -hmm. because roads take us in different places. A lot of Romani uh, went Christian. Um, yes, yes. In Europe. So we have the Romani revival movement. We have a lot of people in the Pentecostal movements mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and so forth. So that partially divorced them from blood faith. Uh, a lot of their practices became more superstition than actual... Mm -hmm spirituality okay so many okay. things yeah though many things still remain of course mm -hmm. we're known for cards um for yes. it yes uh there's a, a lot of things that we know of the Romani back then and i'm saying about a century to two centuries ago when we started yes. really getting that study from the gypsy lore society and so forth in england um has been changed over the time period. The more and more we're reclaiming a lot of our spiritual nature, spiritual background. Okay. So my, Go ahead. Yeah. So with me, from how I got to this part, was always a blending of two feet for a long while. One foot was into Buddhism, while the other foot was into the blood faith. And oh, finding okay. that. And it's because I didn't go on the Silk Road pilgrimage and met my wife that I actually went more into the blood faith in 2000. So from there on, I've been going through different um, practices and different uh, currents of tradition. Uh, some of them are neo-pagan. Uh, people do not like that word, but I don't like reclaiming either because... Right, right. Well, it is a reclaiming. Yes. You know, is, we, have, we have to accept that fact. Re reconstruction, yeah, reconstructionists. Yes. Uh, all, all sorts of things. So taking all these pieces and starting to make them go together, finding our way. Right. And that is one of the vows that I've taken was to help all people find their path if they ask. I cannot travel with them, that path is their own, but I can walk with them for a while. Right, right. Now, how how would you say you mentioned um, with regards to your spiritual paths and, and assisting people on their paths? I know when we've had our, our own private conversation, you had mentioned um, Espiritismo. Is that something that was part of your path and you help others along that path? Or is it, you know, with neo with uh, neo pagans as well? And and how do you do that? First of all, let's. 
I know it's a loaded question, so let's just break it down to, let's talk about the Espiritismo <laughs> with regards to the Cuban and the Brazilian uh, Espiritismo and how that has influenced your own path and your own path, your spiritual beliefs. Wow, loaded question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and to keep it brief, and I'm not known for being brief, so this is, this is gonna be- Feel free. Stop. You know what? We don't have to keep it to an hour. Go ahead, John. <laughs> But I want to keep it to two hours at least. Okay, two hours. <laughs> All right. Um, so let, let's. Yes. Uh, yes. Let me just tie it in the way of the development of Sarah E. Kali, uh, the practice in Hamilton that I do. Perfect. Uh, at first, at first, we were going strictly from the source of Kalima which, again, right. it, those that are not in the know, uh, Kalima is a um, Hindu deity. Uh, yes. she, she's ebony and has a bit of a reputation of violence and destruction to some that do not actually understand her. If you go to Kukata, right. for instance, uh, you understand that Kalisera is a mother figure as well. She yes. is benevolent, even though that you see a lot of pictures of her with the tongue out with the blood of the enemy mm -hmm. on, on it, and that she wears the skulls around the belt, or she's stepping I have a, on. I have a small picture, actually, in my own temple, my own meditation room of, of Kalima. <laughs> I have one up here as well. Um, I'll get it for you later. And that it's on Ooh. the very top. Yes. I'm not going to try to just yes that. But um, so when we start work, when I started working more and more with uh, Kali Sarah, finding her more as a person that walks helps us walk the path of our ancestors as well. Literally, right. she's brought from from the Indian subcontinent all the way over, and we find her again throughout. Eastern Europe in Absolutely. different places as Black Mother as Black Mother Earth deity coming Absolutely. in and tying and tying with the spirits of that land. So there's still a current that goes all the way back to India, but as her steps go forward, she is tied to many other uh, traditions and faiths. So we keep going well, all the way to France. It's that migration of the peoples too, you know, um, which, you know, I know for a fact within Poland itself, there is still a community, a huge community of uh, Gitanas. And you can clearly see they are dressed in their, their native costumes and they are clearly from India. And they, they live in Poland and have for many centuries. And, you know, you could see that the migration, as she comes forward, so does Sarah Kali. Yeah. And when we hit France, being one of the main veneration sites in uh, St. Marie de la Mer, um, yeah. we have her coming into folk Catholicism. So whether right. she's a legitimate saint for Catholicism or not, she's being honored and revered on May 24th. Uh, and we have pictures of the guardians going into the water with her. Yes, yes. 
We have the picture of the, and this one has the has uh, Joseph of Arimathea as the rudder man there in the boat. Absolutely, and, and that whole mythology. Bay. Oh yeah, Jacobé and Mary Salome is, mm-hmm. is the boat. Right. Now sometimes we have Joseph of Arimathea being replaced with Mary Magdalene. Sometimes yes. we have the effigy being replaced by Lazarus. And yes. The two Sarah, the two um, Marys are always present, and there's also right. a reason for that. We'll go into later. Um, here is uh, Sarah Lakali over here, right. and she's taking her vestments and calming the waters. Okay. Right, and her so, strong association with water—that's the other thing that I I find very fascinating too. So, let, I'm trying my best to stay on, t- on topic. I know, so I, do I know, no, I am too. So. Um, so about 50 years after we first get mention of Sarah Lakali, and because of the expulsion of the Calo from Spain and Portugal mm-hmm. and being deported to um, colonial property, okay, so claimed property of, in Africa and brought okay. Over okay. to Brazil. And right. talking to indigenous peoples in Brazil, we start getting the Santa Sara Cali Singana rise there. Exact same story is told. Exact same characters. The way that she calms the water by putting her cloak down and rescuing the um, the Marys from the boat. You mean a it, it direct uh, link to what uh, the legend is in France, exactly. also in Brazil. Yeah, interesting, 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 interesting. And yeah. and so, okay, go ahead. I'm yeah. So, in uh, Kumbanda, we have Santa Sari Kelly Singana being the head of a house of spirits. We also have some lines that have her as a bombagiri, right? Um, yes. Um, and we have, yeah. And we start having a lot of mixture of, of different currents. Now, the Calicera current is still strong throughout all of this. But it's right. that piece, that different aspect that goes on. And that's why behind me here at the top, we have uh, all aspects of Kelly Sarah at the top here, including the one that we were talking about last time from um, from Eastern Europe and the one that yeah. you'd be familiar with in Poland. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So we have that going on at the top and we have Kalima here. Incidentally, this Kalima is from Mexico. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yes, awesome. it, it's this is this is you know not uh, not kitschy wear. This is an actual veneration veneration statue from Mexico of Kalima. 
Uh, wow. We have Sarah Lakali. Typical it's not your typical Sarah Kali. Yeah. This is and this is one a little more traditional that I see that I'm familiar yeah, with too. Sarah Lakali, uh, given uh, brought back um, from Saint Marie de la Mer by uh, Kate Russell. Uh, she went there uh, in the fall of 2019 and provided me with that. But these levels of having her having a connection to uh, folk Catholicism being sainted there, that's the level here of the second one. The bottom one would be more familiar to uh, Jean Jerome as well. <laughs> we have... Uh, the Cuban. Yep. Not only that, we have all the different flavors, the different richness Ooh. of Ooh. Oh, do tell. Mine do tell. Mine specifically from uh, the southern constellations that are in specifically in San Paulo. However, many, right. many cultures of Espiritismo, Ubanda, uh, Santeria, uh, there's many different nuances to Calicera's arrival to uh, South mm -hmm. America and Central America and even North America. Mm -hmm. we, start mm -hmm. getting, uh, we start getting her hiding in different interesting places. Not hiding per se, because she was in plain sight. But mm -hmm. a lot of people needed to have a piece that gave them comfort and mm -hmm. not realize uh, all Her the influence. nuances, all the, yes. all the influences that are going on there. So, as you were saying, Cuban, this is uh, what we call a shadow cat. And this is from Cuba. And this is one of those influences I was telling you. Only in, uh, in Cuba, right? In South America and in Central America do we start seeing this effigy being tied to Calicera Singana. Right. So, Sean Jerome, are you familiar with that? Uh, is that a Cuban um, effigy that would be representative? In in, in some home, it would be yes. you know too many common, but in the house of some espiritistas, if if the espiritista would have really the level degree of clairvoyance to be able to distinguish the as as uh, John has been very eloquent in trying to explain that. The, the even in Cuba when they say uh, the person works with has a, a hitana, a gypsy, yes. which is in her in their spiritual court or spiritual entourage, yes. that can yes. mean from many different you know uh, lineages or or nationalities. So you you would find that in somebody which had a more a deeper attunement to that particular uh, spirituality and could see uh, that those. Um, those characteristics. And actually, the, the, it's interesting because in Cuba, the gypsy, right? When one person said you have a gypsy, the, the usual two ethnic or cultural uh, association was a gypsy from uh, Spain. So there would always yes. be like a Spanish, the more of a Spanish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes you would have a little bit of French, rarely. And sometimes uh, associated with, you know, more Eastern Europe, like they would say, it would be in the Leste, right? Um, mm -hmm. 
but yep. it, it would depend, right? Which which uh, particular, and the cat would only be if the person had a sense. At one point, that it was interesting that John touched on is that that word gypsy. Uh, it's not the first time. Many different real you know, theories and, and research in Argyle have been have uh, theorized that at least one part of the Romani, one part of the, what they call gypsy, really the word. And and the, the the secrets were from Egypt, Absolutely. and uh, that cat is more associated with that vein, that spiritual vein. So in Spanish, in Cuba, they would say you have una corriente gitana, but you have una corriente egipcia, an Egypt, gypsy and Egyptian spiritual current. Yeah. Can I say right? something? Yes, of course. Of course. Bast, the worship of Bast, okay, the black cat in Egyptian. There's that link. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we, can we can take those links in various ways. I love how organic uh, the currents are. So the, the, the Calicera current is very rich and multifaceted. So we do have those ties that come up. We even have the ties, thanks to uh, Dan Brown later on, that actually put uh, the little church in St. Marie de la Mer in the spotlight with his uh, all his stuff with um, angels and demons and all his, his books. That way, okay. having Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ. Okay. And I'm, having, I'm, going, uh, I'm going to jump in here, okay? Because <laughs> I'm just dying, I'm dying, John. Okay, let's talk about the mythic origins, okay? And this is what we're going into. So, John, sorry for interrupting, but I just that was my that was my third question here that I was just dying to jump in. Let's do yep. it. Let's go. Let's go for it. Woohoo! Go. Yay, John. <laughs> okay. So um now this isn't the current that I really delve into with. Kelly Sarah, okay? Right. But we must go on the principle of mythic truth. And for those that may not know what mythic truth is, is mm -hmm. all accounts of myth, as long as it falls the true heart of the myth, are true. Yeah. No matter how unusual they might be and how opposed they can be. Mm -hmm. So, in Catholicism, as I mentioned before, in folk Catholicism, we have the Black Madonna without child on the Traveler's Road, which Absolutely. is another aspect of her. There's several, there's, uh, there's nine in Europe, going back, that you'll find of Black Madonnas that do not have a child in their arms. And that's Big distinction. Very significant, very, very significant. I'll get back to keep going, keep going. This is getting good. Exactly. I know, I know, I know. We're I just fighting at the bit here. John, lead us, lead us. <laughs> so uh, on year four of Cali Sarah, we honored the Black Madonnas without children in their arms. And we have one here from Spiros, my Greek friend. And this is uh the the black okay so Beautiful. she is without child um mm -hmm. 
and on on the Crusaders Road. That's what that mystery current is called. Okay, so when you hear the Black Madonnas on the Crusaders Road, you will see them on the map, and it's like, hi, you know, <laughs> this is one of your stops right here. Why? Let's go into it, and. And that's it. In these specific areas of veneration for the Black Madonna. And remember, a Madonna is mother with child. So to signify Kelly Sarah, or Sarah La Kelly, as a Black Madonna, and she does not carry one, uh, carry a child, is where we get part of this myth. Um, and remember, myth is not fallacy. Myth is not a lie. Myth is not a story at all tale. Myth is cultural wisdom and truth. Okay? So and it holds a culture as well. Yeah. The stories of a culture. That's what I look right. at mythologies in general. So we're looking at a, a uh, people's culture. Yeah. So according to uh, the Golden Reed, right, which is the book that uh, Mary Magdalene supposedly wrote the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, right? Um, we have Saint Sarah being the child or the offspring of the marriage of Jesus right. Christ and Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Okay? Now, whether it is what I practice with her or not is irrelevant because it is a tale to be told and is an aspect of the Calisera current. But it's also of blood. So this is a very significant thing. So just as whenever we talk about the ancestors, part of my faith, and part of many faiths is our veneration of ancestors. Yes. Coast to coast to coast from all around the world, many of us, Absolutely. the different faiths, hold that fear. And if I may right now, For the blood within my veins, I ask, and I so and I so serve the ancestors, known and unknown, named and unnamed, the ones that brought us here and bring us forward into the world. With each hand I have is because my ancestors made them. Every step that I take is because the ancestors have already shown that journey. Before we had bodies, we had our ancestors, and that flows. The purity of blood within all of our veins is the sign and the truth of our covenant. May we all earn our luck. Ashe. Ashe. Thank you, John. That was wonderful. So that's where that is where that grail myth. Part of the Grail myth comes from. Okay, yeah, one can interpret it as a bloodline. I'm not saying that that is what it is or not, because that is again a point of contention. But uh, when we look at the aspect of Kelly Sarah being the child of Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ, that yeah. is what we're also looking at: is the bloodline. Purity of blood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, 
Here is Sir Lacali, as her effigy looks like in the Grotto of St. Marie de la Mer. Here is Santa Sarah y Cali Singana from Brazil. Okay. That's the one she's I have. Wearing, yeah, she's wearing the crown, right? Mm -hmm. And because she holds covering it that way, there's many reasons for the crown. But she also has the cloaks of mystery. All of them are layered upon layered upon layered cloaks and scarves. And that is that's the way that we should also take a look at many currents, whether it's the Calicera current or other currents of of tradition, is it's layered upon layered upon layered. And when we have her revealing only one eye in a picture, or mm -hmm. have her fully in glory with her hands up, hands together, all the mutras that are shown there as well. There's right those signs of those traditions, and there's certain mutras, there's certain hand gestures that you That's will not right. see. Kali mudras, right? The hand gestures, right? 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 Interesting. So, to answer your question, back to the one that you're that you're dying about beforehand. Yes, there is the Church of Michael that you were mentioning in our discussions beforehand, and yes. to exactly. Um, when I saw when I was doing my research because of my ancestral uh, guides that are with me and them being also of Gitana, of Gypsy faith. This was many years ago. I dived right in, and this is pre-Dan um, Brown's book, etc. I dived right into the research with regards to um, Sarah E. Kali and um, the, the whole link there with, uh, again, with what you've already stated um, as Mary Magdalene. And so another myth that uh, had accompanied that um, besides Mary Magdalene and Jesus and having Sarah as their bloodline, okay, was the other one where Sarah is supposedly um, a handmaiden to yeah. Mary Magdalene, okay? But anyway, yeah. and it was that whole link with regards to the connection with, with the south of France. And if, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, also with the Cathars, and that whole um, protection that they offered to Mary Magdalene because of her her bloodline, okay, and what she stood for, right? So then there was a church that was constructed. Um, correct me if I'm not mistaken. This was the Church of Saint Michael, the big Saint Michael, the 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 cathedral there. And actually, at your very first festival, John, I had gone there and there was a lady. I wrote her name down. It was a print by Susan Lloyd. And this was a link to your another one of your mentors, Ronald Lee, God bless his soul, um, who I have a picture again in my meditation room, my little temple. And it's right above the door. And it is an actual picture of St. Michael's Church that was erected to honor Mary Magdalene. 
Okay. And I've got that picture and it's right. It's taken between the branches of a tree that is right in front of the actual cathedral. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous print. One day I'll show it to you, Jean-Jerome, when you come over. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. So the lady, the lady with the alabaster jar. Yes. That we say Mary Magdalene. Correct. So absolutely. Have- and there's so many other books that I, I had d- gone down the rabbit hole as far as that was all concerned, too. Once I got into that, it was just like the lady with the alabaster jar. And I just went yes. on from there. Let's try to do it this way. OK, there we go. So a handmade by Sabra. So Israel. Oh, <laughs> okay. on. So- Wow. Oh, so, wow. Yes. You had a seal made, too. Oh, awesome. I love it. So this is, I, I don't go, you know, a lot of people know, I, I don't go halfway. <laughs> no, Sad. no, and neither do I. We like jumping down through the rabbit hole. Trust me, John. You're in good company. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I kind of wish, especially with my budget, that I go halfway, but I can't. I just, I, I go whole hog. I go full in. It's no yeah. holds barred. Yeah. And I I specifically look for pieces that uh, bring the nexus over. So mm-hmm. with Kelly Sarah, we're also looking at not just genus loci, which is one spirit of one place. We're looking at um, the genie locutus, right? The the spirit yes. of many places, okay, the current, yes. current mm-hmm. writer. And that is why I always fall back with the Kelly Sarah current when we're talking about wayfarership, because she simplifies how we travel in a journey. It's such a strong link to the Romani people. I mean, you can't separate it, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. John Jerome, you look like you're dying to jump in here. Go oh, ahead. I'm, I'm just dying. So, but, but it's very interesting. We talk about currents. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, when, I, when I'm when i listening to you, uh, John, immediately the, the, the concept of a, uh, a, of the, of a spiritual archetype uh, comes to mind. Because really, if we think about it, uh, we have almost you know, different source representation. We have a, 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 a linkage with, let's say, Bastet slash Sekhmet. We have yeah. an Egyptian current. We have a, uh, a linkage or a representation, depending on the influence, that uh, sort of meshes with uh, Mahakali or Kali, the, the, the Indian divinity. Yeah. John, yeah. correct me if I'm mistaken. Okay, you keep going. You have uh, also this association with Mary Magdalene. The common mm-hmm. spiritual archetypes of those of those, let's say, three main. And then, let's say, a derivative would be like a Pumbajira uh, in terms of uh, of a spirituality. In all mm-hmm. three, there is a sense of very strong, independent women. Uh, female yeah. energy, yep. uh, what we would call, in a sense, uh, associated or linked with a king or with uh, some divine personality. For instance, Bastet and Sekhmet, especially, were the kingmakers. Bastet and Sekhmet, which was actually Sekhmet, was before Bastet, is a very ancient Egyptian 
uh, divinity. It was the lion, the lioness uh, uh, god, and she was the protector uh, of the king of the pharaoh. She was almost like some would call the kingmaker, the protector of Ra as well, the enforcer of Ra. That association is very similar to Kali's, as you said, uh, John. There's a benevolent side and a protective side, but a, a fierce, you know, strong uh, woman aspect, a female aspect, and yep. you have uh, as well in Mary Magda, which is kind of interesting. I was also thinking of Father Fred of the Mary Magdalene. Church. I was too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, right, an, interesting, I an interesting yeah. full circle here. Uh, that you know, also that again, uh, Mary Magdalene, very, uh, very loyal to to Jesus, probably had more faith at one point than even the apostles, right? Oh, if we look at a Judeo, you know, Judeo Christian yeah. account. Because she never gave up. She never doubted him. Never. And she was the first to see him after he left the tomb. That's right. right. By, by biblical accounts. So in any event, all those women, but in all cases, again, there's there's no imagery of offspring. Pomagira doesn't have offspring. Sekhmet is not known to have offspring. Uh, you know, um, again, uh, Kali. There's no image of a child or you know that type of aspect of maternity. Um, we have, at least that I've seen, I could be mistaken, but I haven't seen. I've always seen her defending, but never with a, like an aspect of maternity, but more defending or, or fighting. Um, but in any case, and as we said, in the case of Mary Magdalene, but also in the case of um, uh, Black, Madonna. Black Madonna, you know, uh, there's no representation usually of, of her carrying a child, which is, I find as a spiritual energy. If we look at beyond the, yep. the one country, not, but as a spiritual archetype, as a, as a singular conscience with certain attributes yep. across multiple lands and multiple cultures, which make, pays tribute to the Romani for uh, venerating such a, you know, a, a, a strong figure you know, throughout so many cultures and, and everything else, right? A continuance of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Sure. Now, Jean-Jerome, you wanted to say something about um, the Black Madonna without child. Why is yeah. that significant well, to you? And before, before John jumps in, let's yeah. let's because, give you and then John. Because, because for all those that are Cuban, that maybe listen or have, you know, been initiated in Cuba and are aware of the syncretic, uh, belief system of Santeria in the sense of identifying Catholic uh, images or saints with Orisha. Uh, yeah. The Black Madonna in Cuba, when you said Black Madonna, less than 5% yeah. would think Sarah Cali. Right. The number one that they would think of is Our Lady of Chestakova, or what they yes. call La Virgen de Regla, La Virgen de Regla, which That's has right. a child. Why? Because in that particular uh, uh, you know, archetype or of, of the Avihin de Regla, always typically has child. And she was syncretizing Cuba with the, with Yemoja because of that yeah. maternal maternal yep. instinct, the, the aspect of being you know, motherhood. But Saracali, not. Saracali, the, the Cuba, only, mostly people that had a, a spiritual vein or current that were uh, uh, gypsy. Romani would would identify or know of her, but was one or re, one particular, uh, let's say, saint or or energy 
that was never directly syncretized, at least to my knowledge in all these years, was never directly syncretized. And I remember my mom saying, Saracali es la patrona de los gitanos. And that's because my mom said, Yes. Pero la Virgen de Regla no es la Saracali. Now, she would make that distinction that yeah. the energy of Yemoja, Virgen de Regla, or Lady of Chesterfield was When not that They're two separate. They, she would say, La Rosso Negra, they're both uh, uh, depicted as being black, but they're not the same. Right? So that's what I wanted to And And I, I, it came to my mind when John mentioned the fact that she's not, as you said, depicted with child. And she will not be. There's a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I found a picture of, of Kelly Sarah here. And they have her out. And I'm saying, no, it's, it, that's not her. And they go, no, it is. I swear. I said, no, I can tell you 100%. Why? Yeah. It's with child. It's with, it's with child. It's, that's, that is, it, there's many different things that Kelly Sarah is. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And depictions of her. But if you if someone says here is an effigy of Kelly Sarah or Sarah La Kelly, and she's holding a child, that is not her. Hundred percent. I've not seen one current piece as writing that current, the current writer, the genius procure, right? That doesn't work, right? Yeah. Now you were touching on the Egyptian uh, link to it, mm -hmm. and You said you were also saying that the, the handmaiden of, of the Marys, okay, mm -hmm. she's known as Sarah the Egyptian. Okay. That's right. So that's, that's right. That, that's the myth. Okay. Uh, Now, yes. depending on where she lies, if she's already on the land, which some myth has her, she sees the boat that has added sails and is sinking, and she takes that cloak off and calms the waters and yes. solidifies the waters as a path to go on there. That's one way onto the land. Now, that's, with, that's one of the myths I had read. Sarah, with Sarah the Egyptian, okay, it happens in reverse. She's on the boat. She's tending to them. Yes, and yes. She takes off her own cloak, calming the waters to walk across. Now, Remember, these are the Marys, okay? So the, the Marys have some power themselves, but they were they could not give themselves safe harbor. They could not allow the passage. They would have sunk, and that is one definite part in the legend, all of it. Mary Magdalene, Mary Salome, Mary Jacobe, Lazarus. The three Marys. Yeah, yeah. They would have sunk. The boat would sink, period. It was Sarah the Egyptian that saves them. And the flamingos that are in the background there, you can see them floating up top there, like flying around, right? That was one of the signs that happened. And she's more, far more colorful in red in France. But her effigy is always with the outer cloak of blue. But you can see on the inside that she does have the red there as well. Right. So, And why is that? What's the significance of the blue over the cloak? Water. What, oh, whether right. it's water, right. it's mystery, 
One actually ties back to the pre-Christian uh, emphasis of deity in that area of France. So there's that uh, um, uh, syntonism. So the, the, this syncing up again with the spirit of that land, the deities of that land and culture. Right. <clears throat> when she comes in. Okay. Right. Wherever... And this happened. This isn't just with Sarah Kali. Many other areas get synced up, get charged up when that's, the new one comes in. So. That's what the gypsy people do. They sync up with the spirits of the land, so to speak, and embrace that mythology within their own. Would you say that that's true? Yes, and that's why when you're talking about their dress traditionally, this is one of the, the interesting pieces. You can have um, Romani from uh, Germany, Romani mm -hmm. from Greece, Romani from, uh, from Brazil, and they're in traditional garb for that region. Okay? Then there's no universal garb. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. there, there are like I have, uh, I have my stati, which is my hat, uh, mm -hmm. in it, and I have my my scarves that mm -hmm. I wear. Uh, one of them is on Kelly Sarah right now, which was Ronald Lee's scarf. Right, um, right. Which I was, I was honored to have um, bestowed to me uh, by one of his daughters, uh, Delilah. Nice, nice. Delilah, if you're hearing this. Again, thank you. Yes. Um, so we have all these aspects that come in there. So why yes. the blue? Why the blue? It is the water. It is the mystery of the water. When you have dark water, okay? Um, the depths. There's, there's a quote in the, um, in the Bible about through a glass darkly. Is, is the phrasing to it. So there is... What, is... what is it again, John? Can you say that again? A glass darkly. And... Um, Looking through I mean, a glass darkly. I'm just trying to remember the thing. I'm just going to consult my okay. Bible. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, no, I, I don't have it written down. My apologies. Well, it, was, it, was, it was very interesting because uh, yeah. in, in Cuba, for instance, Spiritismo, when, yeah. I, when, I, when a woman or man, but particularly woman, uh, would, would consult and, and they would be known to have a, an ancestor or a spirit as, as, uh, that would assist them in consulting and they were Gitano or gypsies. They would always use, and you could tell when they're spaded, they would always use a glass of water. The first thing they would do is they put a glass of water to, 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 uh, to call the spirits because it was water was the main medium of communication with the spirit world. Very yes. seldom you would have sometimes somebody might light a candle independently or but the main vehicle, they would sit with a glass of water. They would actually, my mom, when she would have the spirit beside her, she would put her cards, her Spanish cards, on top of the glass of water and pray yep. over that. And as the 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 spirit as she was praying, the, the usually the prayers of Alain Kardec, uh, yeah. spiritual prayers, uh, you could see how the water would begin to bubble. 
Got wow. it. Wow. So the I'm transformation sure. of penny, P-A-N-I. So that's mm -hmm. the living embodiment of the element of water. Just like yag, Y-A-G, is the right. living embodiment of fire. Okay? Both right. are purifiers. Mm -hmm. uh, for it. So, but with water, water, if you want to go all Jungian and say the subconscious and so forth, and yes. through yes. waters and so forth, mm -hmm. you can do that. Uh, there's there's no harm in that. Uh, no. But, but water itself beholds the mystery. Um, yes. And when we do water scrying, okay, um, mm -hmm. that is always tied to prophecy yes. <laughs> and divination. So yes. having, having in very many different traditions, when you have uh, Singana uh, or Singana spirit, okay, coming there, a, a, a mentor, an ancestor, a spirit guide. So like here. <laughs> so, um, we use cards, and that the, and we even have our own version of divination with cards. And you'll see those cheap orange your card. I have a set. I have a set of those, and they're actually um, cards with um, like typical playing cards, but they also yeah. have some imagery on it too. But traditionally. Um, are the cards not just your your regular reading cards? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> let's get into uh, that now. <laughs> okay, no, um, um, as a teacher of cards as well, um, I used to also beta test uh, several decks and so forth when mm -hmm. I was in uh, late in university. That was one of the ways I was uh, making money as well, was the beta Perfect. test cards, see the flow, the aspects, the um, correspondences that are there to see how they flow. Um, but cartomancy, right? Using uh, playing cards instead of tarot or oracle cards mm -hmm. uh, is a very traditional yes. uh, method of divination that we are known for. We're also known for the tarot part as well. And there's lots right. of history and mythology tying us to tarot cards. Right. Uh, we adapt. One of the one of the rules, okay, one of the rules is that you must adapt. You must find balance and an equilibrium. You cannot mm -hmm. walk anywhere. You cannot move forward, backwards, sideways, or reverse without throwing yourself off balance. So we're always calibrating ourselves. And one of the ways that we calibrate is with divination, right? right. Three main practices of divination that are still really used and none of them are crystal balls. <laughs> yeah, um, and, th and th that's th true. And that is yeah. true. In yeah. Cuba, you would <laughs> never, almost never let if you could find one house in, in Cuba of a spiritist, a person that really worked with the Itana to have a crystal ball, oh, man. it'd be one in a million. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that always made, made me giggle. Um, now, yes. 
Crystal squying? Hey, crystal but I squying have crystal balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, crystal squying is different. There's, n there's nothing wrong with doing crystal squying, okay, or divination with crystals or the crystal ball. But traditionally, it's water scrying mm -hmm. or fire scrying, okay? Now, okay. putting your cards over top of fire doesn't work very well. Okay. No. So, so we don't do that. Uh, we yeah. do the glass of water largely, and that charges. That also brings the in between, the liminal space that we're trying to go to. That's our portal. That's our nexus point. That's also the way that we uh, less and purify the cards before the reading as well. Okay. The other thing is coins. Coins. Uh -huh. Coin casting to be a jangling man, okay? Uh, coin casting is a very traditional way in the Romani society of divining. It lost its flow because it's not as visual in the sense mm -hmm. of uh, the, how the tarot work and the playing cards work. But it's no less... Uh, significant. It's just not as commonly used uh, anymore. And it's coming back. Fortunately, people are starting to figure out how coin casting works and operates. And I've been really working in developing uh, coin casting in that. I in was that just, well. I was just, before we get into the coin casting, I just wanted to address um, Peggy. Hi, Peggy. Um, with regards to what she had said, please clarify the use of the joker in cardamancy. If we can just kind of go back to the cardamancy part of uh, divination. Um, what is the significance of that? Is that something that is that has come up afterwards, or it, that's not part of uh, cardamancy as far as gypsy reading, right? Far as as far as early cardamancy itself, the Joker was not actually part of a deck. Uh, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, that was things, a later addition, yeah. if I'm not so, mistaken. Yeah, it, it is, and that's and it's fine. Some people do use the Joker. Uh, I personally do not in it. I remove I remove the Jokers and put them under the glass. Okay. Oh. Um, okay. And that's the way I was taught, and the and I'll explain why is because it's not just the wild card. Okay. And my uh, mom did the same thing, and my mom would do the same thing. Yeah. She would remove the the, the card. Your mom and I have a lot in common. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is a again. When we're talking about nexus, we're talking about uh, the randomness. The Joker mm -hmm. is always the in betweener. Okay. Uh, he was allowed to. He was allowed to insult the king. He was allowed to. He was that liminal piece. To the puzzle where he can break current, he can break um, right. rules, he can do <laughs> what others cannot. So the way I'm... that the Joker can be used in mm -hmm. automatically, depending if you're using a two Joker set or if it's a one Joker, one blank. Uh, yes, really you see the, the blank. Yeah, the blank is what. Um, 
was also Leary developed as well. It was the spare just in case you wore one of your cards. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's really what it is. Just like um, some people with ruins use the weird. Okay. Use right. the 25th right. one. But the majority of people that I know that do ruin casting. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, I came at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Do not okay. use. Um, do not use the blank. The blank was okay. to be a replacer. That's but right. Because it's almost it's like the wild card, right? Yeah. Again, um, or or the one to replace a, a broken ruin. And there's right. significance to that as well. Right. So I'm right. not talking about ruin casting, and there's plenty of people that are way better at yeah, casting yeah. ruins than I, and have studied it uh, deeply. So I'm not making this as a rule or anything like yeah. that. It's... yeah. That's the way uh, I was introduced to right. ruin myself. Right. So, and that's, that's what I was told I, too. Yeah. Exactly. But now, I just wanted, to, I wanted to, sorry, I wanted to go back to when we were talking about the Joker and oh, him being used as an in-betweener. This is why I waited for you, Jean Jerome, to come back. Do you think that the Joker, in that sense, could be? Um, because he's an in-betweener and he was allowed to talk to the king in, in a way that a common man would and, and break things up, okay? Would you say, Jean-Jerome, could he be sort of considered like a shoe in that sense? What do you think? We're, 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 that's a tough one. Like there's no direct association. <laughs> no, 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 no Babala or Orisha would, okay. would, would venture that far. Now, like okay. if, if I Then this if, is me. If, this, if I take this off is me. that hat, if I take off that hat, I mean, it's we can have a discussion. It's speculation. However, the the what I do know is he mentioned it's ruins. just me like, bringing it up. I just made that correlation. The blank rune and the Joker, like some of the cards, have a commonality in that they represent that which the universe wants to keep hidden or uncertain, that which the universe has not yet determined. Literally, the wild card or the, that which has not been. Uh, if you look at the the idea of the norns, they haven't they haven't stitched that far yet, you know, right. or they, they've left it. It could go either way, right? And yeah. why is that? Because there's always free will. Free will, or or simply an element that we're not meant to know. It re represents yes. that which is unknown, that which is random, and free that will. which is. But but the thing is, is the the will part is not associated with our will. That's the only difference. When we say free will. We typically oh, talk about. We're talking about are, we get to make that choice. But we right? don't. But that's the thing. Yeah. In that particular scenario, <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that. It means yeah. it means it's, that the universe hasn't fully defined it. That was some of the. But again, that's outside of Ifa, outside of a region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is us just talking. Yeah. Just us throwing yeah. that. Okay, so can we circle back to? I want to talk about the coins, and yep. you said, John. Oh, Go ahead. Georgia, yeah, just just uh, finish the coins, and then once you finish the coin, uh, just so we get continuity on that. But then there are two things I just want to mention. First of all, for those listening, uh, the fact that the the term cartomancy appears in the Afro-Cuban text of Ifa, in two in two at least two Odus of Ifa. But I'll come back to that. And then the other thing I wanted to later on, which comes after the coin, is something which we haven't you haven't talked about is. And in Cuba, yes, was known. Although they used the cards more and the glass, the other thing they would read is 
Yes. The palm. You got it. The palm. And that's why I wanted to, that's why I wanted to go into. That's the actual final <laughs> main form of divination. So I'll start with the coins. Go with the coins. Okay, go with the coin. Go with the coin. Okay, John, jump to the coin. Ta tell us about the coin. Now, would you consider the coin and the way the divination that you use? Is it sort of like I Ching? Or, or is it a little bit different? You can. Um, you can. There is, um, there is a thing called the fortune teller's I Ching uh, for yes. And I do, when I do my coin casting course, that's the most familiar and most accessible way to start. So it's a bridge for me uh, to the client as well or to the people that I'm teaching. Okay. But there are so many forms of it. There is a tie of coins to dice as well. Okay. So True. there's that piece. Okay. Knuckle bones, okay. the, 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 the uh, goat bones or the pig bones, uh, the, the, those knuckles also mm -hmm. have a form of uh, divination that is tied to later uh, coin casting. But yeah, there's not to go too deep into it. Um, right, right. The association, the association with coin and divination, and that still goes on uh, with it, is in order for the cards to work, silver must be laid in hand. Okay. So anything that you're doing for a client in, in the Romani tradition, Silver must be placed in the hand, right? Now, not everyone has a lot of money. So that's why you never hear gold must be placed in the hand. It's was the silver, okay? Um, and it's just the way it is. Sometimes they put the silver into the glass at the end to purify the coin. Sometimes it's placed underneath, or sometimes it's placed on top of the deck of cards at the very end. Now, all of those practices are legitimate. There's no, oh my God, I can't believe that they just put the coin on top of the deck. Oh, no, something yeah. like that. Oh. <laughs> um, but coin casting is usually done with at least two coins. Okay. Okay. Uh, with it. I just happen to have uh, Mardi Gras coins. Okay. They're okay. Um, ones with Hermes, the crew of Hermes on it for it. Okay. So. Um, but you'd cast and you'd see heads or tails regarding it. Right. It's not just yes or no. It also depends on the position of the coins land in the, think of it like a circle and a cross in the middle of it. So a circle divided into four parts, which is very common for casting, uh, forms of divination, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, the four quarters. Yeah, yeah, the four quarters. But even if they bounce off or outside of that circle, that also has a meaning and significance to it. The one that's most Very common true. to do is gold, silver, mm -hmm. and copper. So three coins of those natures with okay. the uh, quartered circle. And... Of course, the gold is financial, the silver is social, and the copper is the current of the time, the common every day. And how they land in certain areas gives us an idea of going mm -hmm. about it. 
-hmm. Once you get really comfortable with coin casting, you cast with seven co seven coins, right? And okay. things are going on that. You can also blend it in with cardomancy. So you do a, oh, a three-card okay. reading. You right. do a three-card reading, and you throw in uh, two or three cool. coins right. on top of it. So it allows elaboration to happen and fine-tuning of it. Right. Again, that right. balancing, right. which is very... Which is the foremost part of absolutely as of part of the is equilibrium and balance. That's so. right. That's right. Okay, John Jerome, you're biting at the with regards to I've looked forward to I've looked forward to all our shows, but this is one of the shows I was looking forward to the most because well, they bring back a lot of fond memories of my mom. And I give respect to your ancestor, ancestral spiritual guide, and all your Romani ancestors, because what comes from your mouth is the, is bang on. And I give credit to you because it's it's very refreshing to see that. Right. Number right. one, my mom would primarily consult with the card. When the Hitana was near her, she would consult with the card. But she would also have a quarter, uh, a shiny coin, that for certain questions, she would use the coin. She would pray over the coin and flip the coin. What to others may seem like a random, it was because of the Gitana that she would do that. Yeah. Okay? And in, in some cases, it was said that it was a way also to wake up the spirits. The sound ah. of any other thing. And which, okay. for those of us who are in Ifa from an Afro-Cuban vein, all Babalaos carry with them what's known as an awolaka, which is a silver dollar. That when they're about to give libation to Orumila, they flip the coin to wake up Orumila. The sound of the silver and hitting the earth or the open of Ifa is said to wake up or to activate the spirit world. An interesting concept. Well, why more than why? But it, it's a very interesting, but it's interesting how there's that commonality. Right. Right. If we look, there was a question somebody said about uh, cowrie shells. Uh, cowrie right. shells, it, yeah, on, of course, for anybody who knows on, on the Orisha or Essinibile Orisa, uh, mm -hmm. cowrie, and also even in, in Vodun, they use cow, sometimes cowrie as a form of divination. But cowries themselves were a form, one of the earliest currencies. Yep. Right? right? So. Uh, it's again how interesting how something that was used as currency could act as the voice or the conduit to either alert, wake up, or uh, basically act as a, a method of divination, right? And for yeah, those absolutely. that are you know looking at uh, the show and again from Ifah, two Oduns of Ifah that clearly speak of cartomancy again because of you know, over the years, the, the presence, how basically to illustrate how important that that particular vein of the Gitan of the of the gypsy was in Cuba, in the spiritist, right? Yep. That uh, in the Odu Iwori Irete is one, Iwori Irete, and and the other one is Ohwani Odi. 
And for all the ones uh, who don't know about Juan D, OD is always a, a sign associated with mediumship that has to do with water. So again, we have that element of water and that commonality again when we talked about Saracali and Carisala mm -hmm. and, and that whole aspect or, mm -hmm. or combination. So, uh, you know, for, for some that might say, well, you know, what, uh, what relation? That is how integrated into the fabric of the practice of Ifa or Regla Oche Ifa in Cuba was that it even made it into uh, the, the book. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. It's, so, the, so before we, we, before we dive into chiromancy, okay? Yes. Um, into the, yeah, aspect of of coin, okay, and the reason why coin and water work as well in, and this is a personal uh, piece as well because though Calisera is my uh, who I work with with the Romani tradition, my patron saint. Okay, but more than that uh, to me. But my deity, the one that I work with the most, is Hermes. So uh, <laughs> the reason why coin works so well, not mm -hmm. not even talking about the Hermes, but coins mm -hmm. work so well because it's the give or take, the exchange, and Hermes is the in between, the 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 breaker of borders and boundaries, the uh, the psychopomp, the messenger, mm -hmm. the way things. So with coins, mm -hmm. it's it's about the it's about finance and trade, and of course the stealing part mm -hmm. as well. But um, it's about breaking those boundaries, and one of the boundaries that we're breaking or we're permeating, okay, mm -hmm. going through with divination is getting that message, okay? So we're going through these different levels. Mm -hmm. And going through levels is an exchange. Yes. And very, very so, well and, and that is why the money works. It's not, it's not that the money is, it has to do with currency itself. It is the amount exchange. And that's why the power Energy exchange, yes. And and Hermes again. There you can make a comparison because for everybody, Hermes, right, is uh, syncretized with the Roman god Mercury, with the planet Mercury in astrology. We're going very shortly. We're in the shadow of Mercury retrograde on June eighteenth. Uh, Mercury is also syncretized and and Hermes with Ish. There you have Eshu. Thank you. Left, Thank right, you. and and <laughs> which shows you Eshu's presence in 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 whether he takes on a different name or persona, but he, you know his presence in so many different cultures. And in Egyptian, there there's a little bit of debate, but in yeah, Egyptian Kemetic culture, it was either associated with Thoth or with Bes. Yeah. Really. Yes. So the mercurial current, okay, That's the right. mercurial current, right? Uh, we have also connecting us to Odin and connecting us with Lou. Okay? Yes. Yes. One of yes, my yes. one of yes. my one of my brothers, one of my 
my best friends in it. Uh, and I was fortunate to see him uh, this past weekend. Um, he is a devotee of Luke, but we share the current. I know uh, who that is. I know who your friend is, which I'm trying to get on the show. On so, but um, we have that connection there as well. And we can understand because we can speak that language. Um, mm -hmm. That's why if you follow uh, me on Instagram or on Facebook, mm -hmm. see that I do first Wednesday. And that's because it's yes. technically the fourth day of the calendar okay so if you start with sunday okay which right. many companies do if you don't believe me take a look at your calendar yeah. <laughs> sunday monday tuesday wednesday the right. fourth day of the month is when hermes was born okay huh. and before he steals uh apollo's cattle and before everything goes on there he makes that liar he already figured it out and he carves it out of the of the turtle shell, of the tortoise shell. Right. And, you know, hey, sweet mountain lady, what lovely and bright shell you do. You dance so well. You know, <laughs> you know a, a tortoise is good at preventing witchcraft when dangerous witchcraft is about. Come with me, even though that you... Really? You'll sing most sweetly when you're dead. And that liminal point. Yeah, we have this liminal point. He had the foresight of knowing what a rich and lucky find that was. And we'll go into luck a little bit later because it's a very important part of the Romani uh, wayfarership. Is yes, and I luck. wanted to oh. ask you that as a surprise question because I know that you say that a lot in... Um, in the prayer, even with the prayer card, may we all find our luck. So I wanted to ask you about that. We'll, we'll get into that. Okay. So. Pyromancy. Just because we've been going around and yeah. again, it's partially my fault too. <laughs> Pyromancy <laughs> or palmistry as it's known. There is yeah. a very strong uh, school of palmistry that right. is strictly Romani. Okay. It's, okay, right. it's known that way. If you don't yes. me look at any book, any legitimate book on, on palmistry or chiromancy. I myself am not a chiromancer. I know mm -hmm. uh, a couple of amazing ones. And I, ref I used to uh, refer diviners to various events and so forth. That was one of my uh, previous uh, jobs and roles. And I, I have a trusted stable of people that are, if you want something done right in that form of divination, I have someone for you that I've worked with, mm -hmm. I've read with, and they've read for me. And mm -hmm. I know them very well. So chiromancy is not my uh, form of divination, but it is important to the Romani as well because of the cosmology. We are built out of the five elements, and right. we're right here in the middle. We're right here in the middle. This is us. And again, that balance that I was talking about, that equilibrium, out of the five ingredients that we're, we're made, whether it's a cake or a muffin or <laughs> your bread, 
five basic ingredients. And we are always calibrating and recalibrating. If we get a bit more of the dark, okay, this is your this is your cal, right? The darkness, the the unimagined, the uh, cathonic uh, vibrations. The cathonic, deep, yes. The the deep water is here. The honored dead. That's why you wear the wedding ring here. That's why we have that. That's the honored dead. The ones that have gone to bail, the oh. ones that are your ancestors, but also ancestors of faith. So not just blood. But ancestors of faith, your spirit guides, right, are represented with this. Okay, then you have the in betweeners, and these are we call them the the the, uh, the vulgar, and it's because of their state. They're the twilight. They're neither oh. dead nor alive, but they, they walk hold, between the worlds. Yeah, but they also allowed us to be from the discorporeals become corporeal. So without body to with body, okay? Okay. This finger is everything that you point to in this world. This is the world one, okay? So that plant, that animal, that earth, right. this is the corporeal. This is everything of earth. So this is the finger of material. And the thumb is the celestials, okay? Sun, moon, stars, everything above. So if you go way up there beyond the earth, that's that's the okay. celestials. And okay. we are given, we are, we are amazing beings as humans. We are given all these five powers, all these we have a bit of all five of existence and our benefit is our adaptability. The fact That's that right. we have been blessed and enriched in our lives with it. Now right. there's always the flip side and it's because we're so easily flipped off balance. So yes. we always have, we always have to recalibrate each step that we make. We must throw ourselves off balance and then rebalance ourselves. Like and cats. Yeah, yeah. Find like our that. footing. So that's one of the reasons why palmistry is so important mm -hmm. as a mm -hmm. divination tool, because it is all of us. The ancestors mm -hmm. speak through the hand, and your hand changes over time. Lines will appear and disappear. Palaces mm -hmm. of hard yes. work, uh, wounds, but just general growth. It actually changes. If you scan your hand uh, and then look and scan it again the next year, you're going to notice that there's subtle differences. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking at my own hand right now. So now, does it matter which hand? It, could it be the right or the left? Is it, there's a significance to that? Uh, yeah. Um, the way I was taught, and again, better chiromancers than I, but the way I was taught was this is for you, your right hand. This is your ancestors. Left. Okay. okay? You read both. Okay? It's not just right. one. 
that's there. You must read both in order to figure out the message. Just like uh, with I Ching, what's a common misbelief mm -hmm. yeah. is that you just have one hexagram. When you cast mm -hmm. those coins, and it yeah. gives you that one hexagram, okay? Yeah. That's your reading? No. You actually have to do, because it's the book of change, the, the one that you cast it, yeah, the one that you cast it is that one piece of the moment, but then you must do the opposite one. So if you have line, 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 broken, 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 mm -hmm. you have to also look up afterwards, broken, 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 line, line, line. And Correct. between those two is the insight that you need. Right, right. So right. That's why it's two hands for the Romani tradition of pyramids. However, there are people that just read one hand, and that's okay too. Well, how the spirit moves you and how you are taught are important because that is the way that you have been anchored as long as there's truth and sincerity with you and you honor and you honor that tradition wholeheartedly, it works. If you read three books and you decide that you're going to be a chiromancer, no. And, no. You know, no. and this is from my Buddhist teaching as well, is um, my, one of my, my Sifu. Uh, he would say 10,000 books will never equate to a third-rate teacher. And I hope I'm better than a third-rate teacher. But it's something, it's something you know, experience the existential learning right. and having that organic piece of knowledge, not the right. static of the book, but the organic. Right. right. That's, why, that's why none of my tarot students are allowed to read for anyone for two years. Because it takes, and this is after doing several teachings in that, that they're allowed to go to one person and I am there and then we start going through there so we learn because it's like a gun okay and if you don't believe me I've seen people get a bad reading and it affects them it's a self-fulfilled prophecy that happens yeah. it's like no that's not actually what the reading is about but right this person right. hit them so hard absolutely with insincere mm -hmm. unpracticed divination that it was detrimental they should have just give give them a loaded gun and that's 100%, 100%. that is yeah that is the danger of not learning it properly right. now right. there's some people that have a natural aptitude Yes. Okay. And then the Singana, right? Uh, the spirit helps them in that nature. Okay. 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 So I'm not I'm not saying that you must have a teacher and you must pay $99 per session for this teacher to teach you and all that nonsense. Okay. Mm -hmm. What I am saying mm -hmm. is you must have the organic approach, the organic teaching. Whether well, it's through spirit. Well, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Bottom line, you need the teacher. The problem is some teachers will be corporal, 
Yeah. And some mm-hmm. teachers will be incorporeal, incorporeal. I mean, it would be your ancestor, your ancestral spiritual guide, or the spirit who decided to work with you. But either way, you need the guidance because you need the to accumulate the knowledge to be able to to interpret. I have a question for it, which is very you you pique my curiosity because that's the first time I've ever heard that the, the definition, but it, it's very interesting. The right hand you said uh, when it's read re- refers to the the living being. Right. Another one, the the living. ancestor. Now, ancestor. You, wait, wait, this could you say that this one really represents the life or the teacher of your ancestral spiritual guide, your guia spiritual, which means that is the yes. that is why in the balance your life you need to have both in alignment. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When we venerate, I could totally when we venerate ancestors, it's a two-way street. Okay, it's it, it's it's both ways. We are enriched to have the ancestors in our lives, but we have an obligation to help heal ancestral wounds, or ancestral grievance, right. or ancestral loss. Okay, so right. We have obligation. We can't just call upon them and say, "Hey." Cup of sugar, cup of sugar, cup of sugar, cup of sugar, and just take and take and take. It doesn't work that way. And if you try it, <laughs> you're going to find yeah. out quick enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We must be give, right? We must give. But we also are on an obligation to help our ancestors. Ashe. Mm-hmm. Ashe. This is one of the reasons why. Ashe, Ashe. And putting the both hands together. You know, is our is ourselves okay? So this can be your spirit guide. This can be the ancestors. This can be that, but it's also the effect of your life with them. So it's your oh, ancestral right. life, your corporal life. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The two of them together gets you a complete picture. But that's the way I was taught. Now, one person can read everything in one hand, and that is yeah. cool, as long as they're doing it right and with sincerity and truth. John, I because like it. <laughs> in the game. I like it, John. Yeah. <laughs> Divination's not a game, okay? It's not, hey, let's Absolutely. do this. Yeah, no, no. No, I love it. I love it. Okay, so I don't know. Jean-Jerome, do you have anything else to say? Because there's one thing, I hope it doesn't take too much time, but what started your path? Okay, so what was the one single spark? And this, I think, is an interesting one, and um, and we'll sort of conclude it there because I don't want to yeah. take up too much of your time because we, we have 20 minutes left. You have You gave us two hours. I'm trying to keep to that. <laughs> it's it's okay if we go a little longer, but I don't know if it'll be good for your cast. Because, <laughs> um, like I was saying, we can talk, and I can talk. Trust me, I have a talking bird, but Corvus. Um, so, <clears throat> what started me on the path? Yes, I've always I've always had this feeling. Um, my mother gave me uh, pictures that I forgot about, but in grade three, I was drawing tarot cards from oh. the book and I have my I have in pencil it says hero fence right and I'm learning all these things so I've always had this really 
uh, drawing there. So my ancestors were always talking to me. I Absolutely. Didn't I, I, and I didn't realize this. Just like Hermes has always been whispering to me. But I had to develop that relationship. Absolutely. And, and that's what went on. But what brought me to Wayfarership um, really was my my first mentor. And she had windblown hair. I will not say her name, but that is what right. it stands for. Um, with her, she found me and she looped me right in. She, I was just... And I was just pulled like a like <laughs> right out of the water. Like a fish uh, out of water. Line oh, she <laughs> yeah. She was a cussing pipe smoking monster. I say that in both the best way and the worst way. <laughs> she cussed beautiful. She used colorful before like nobody that I know. Um <laughs> Hmm. Yes. Hmm. So, what are you hinting at, John Jerome? <laughs> hmm. so, yeah, passing like a sailor. Um, but she drew me in, and I would bike up to uh, I'd bike up to Heidelberg uh, quite often. I would. I didn't tell a lot of people in university what I was really up to. Uh, they just noticed I took a lot of bike rides, and. Um, you know, it's it was one of those things that really piqued my interest. I I learned about my Romani ancestry very differently, but mm -hmm. um, but <coughs> going on the blood faith was largely because of her. And when I moved to Toronto, she came to visit me. She had no real business to come to Toronto, to be honest. She had. She had influence in a community here, but right. um, it wasn't largely her jurisdiction a lot of the time, but I had to do certain uh, functions, like speak for the dead, um, to do business arrangements, to do many things of that nature as well. So it, when we look at wayfarership and this and spiritual paths of the Romani people, they're very real. They're very solidified in the land of real, as well as yeah. the land of the spirit, right? Right. This is why herbalists were so important to know that of the land, to use your pointer mm -hmm. finger and know that's name and that's what it's used for. This is how it right. is. Because if you get cut back in the day when you were traveling, um, that's serious business. That's the now. Right. For a wafer, we walk between worlds. So I talk to the five. Right? And mainly the number four or the ring finger, but I do have to talk to the to the deep darkies, like the, the deep mm -hmm. dark unknowns. Okay? That mm -hmm. which is under the water that is monstrous and alien and foreign mm -hmm. right that's also where we get some of our wild folk from so the wild folk finger the people call the fae okay uh, or the, you know, uh -huh. or the fairy for us yes. we don't we don't uh we don't want to encounter them okay, okay? 
we we okay. we're, we're not going hi let's go this way hi hi okay low <laughs> you know low flat very no they have teeth okay they're wild folk that's what they're called the wild okay. folk and they are nature spirits but they you know unlike nature as an animal plant or the standing folk okay or the old folk which are the stones and so forth right the ancestor the fae the, the, the wild folk they have different principles of morality and we honor them we honor them and we are privileged to have a covenant from time to time and that's one of the reasons why we form rota when we have a new encampment and so forth mm-hmm. but by no means do we hunt for them there's lots of people that hunt for them and uh, right. that's not what we do if we encounter them we have a code of conduct to go through but by no means do we hunt these guys down and go, "Hey, I want a fairy ally." You know. Right. They're res- they're you respect them, but in no way do you engage with them, right? Unless they want to engage with us properly. That's why when we do uh, the common laws for Rota, we allow anyone and everyone to come join us as long as they abide by the common laws. Okay. And that that's for our actor insurance and so forth. But so can I um, so can I ask you with regards to um, what do you mean by rota? And can you briefly um, is there a cosmology that the Romani people adhere to or acknowledge? Can you give me a little bit about that? I'll do my best, real quick. Um, there are many okay. cosmologies yeah. depending on where you are. Uh, country, literally, like what right. uh, what Romanian, Hungarian. Um, so it's based on cultural. It's it's not universal. It's not pan Romani, right? And with the rise of of the Catholic, not just Catholicism, but more actually um, the Romani evangelicals, the Romani revival movement. Uh, the revivalist Christian ones, not Romani revival movement as Popola Roma, but the embrace of Christianity and Pentecostalism and so forth, they have a very different idea of our origins, a very different way of of shaping that in comparison to Calderash, Blacks, Romashev, Sintikalo, so there are certain commonalities, and that's where Rota comes in. Um, going back to the hand again, these are the right. spokes of our hand, just right. like the spokes of a wheel or the fingers of a wheel. This is the hub of the hand. Right. And this is our gathering. This is us as well. But in Rota, we come together from different places with different knowledge and different truths that we share, laugh, love, breathe, drink together and celebrate. So it's a way of keeping us all in line because we have rules 
-hmm. There shall be no blood spilt without counsel's consent. No theft within our encampment. Eyes are met with eyes, so lies are rarely spoken. Laughter and sorrow must, uh, sorry, laughter and joy must come before and immediately after sorrow and tears. No just need shall be denied without just cause. Right. The community, so are, yeah, and these are common laws. These are the things that- Common laws, us. right. So the cosmology, is the hand that I was talking about before, about being of the five. There are stories about how the sun may be female with many of us, but in other Romani uh, cultures, with other Romani people, the sun is masculine. The way I was taught, the sun is feminine and the moon is masculine. But there's that That's can be debated. That's Slavic too. And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, Lithuanian as well, they look at it yeah. uh, quite opposite. Like, yeah. you know, the moon being masculine and the sun being feminine. Yeah. So this is, there, there's all sorts of differences depending on where the tradition comes from, the people mm -hmm. come from and so forth. But there are commonalities. That's why we don't, talk about masculine and feminine regarding mm -hmm. the celestials. They're just of the thought. Right. We don't talk about all the implications of of the earth, okay? Of Dev. Okay. Or Dev. Okay. Dev. D E B. Oh Dev. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Dev. Earth. Bev. B E B. Wind. Air which could be very mischievous and plague-bearing and so forth. Right. Yag, Pene. Okay. Ravnos, dead. And so forth. And, and all these pieces, okay? Um, mm -hmm. There is commonality between all the Romani people, the Sinti people, but mm -hmm. there are differences that must be respected as well. And that's why I do not speak as a pan uh, Romani perspective. And there are other people that practice other traditions of the Romani faith. Mine is grabbing in different traditions and allowing us to walk a path. So I'm trying to honor my ancestors, but also my mentors' ancestors, because I've learned a lot from my Sinti as well okay. and of course the the uh southern constellations so so mm. all brings it in together and lastly before we go is about luck about what okay. sorry luck luck luck, luck. yes luck 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 yeah and this is real quick real quick. okay luck is not blind it's not dumb it's not, it, it's, it's not happenstance, okay? Luck is earned. It is when microcosm and macrocosm, when your life interacts with another person's life or with the universe itself, it loves. It provides a warmth and energy. That can be misdirected and it feels like it's random or it could be directed because you understand the true nature of love. Like static electricity, 
you rub your feet on that carpet in the wintertime and you accidentally mm -hmm. touch something metal and you get a shock. But you can focus that. And you can focus and you can purposely do it. I know a lot of kids have done it. And I know probably you guys have done it once or twice before in your life. You rub your feet down and you're getting a real good charge. And then you go and then touch someone. <laughs> touch someone's ear. That is focusing luck. That, that is the equivalent of focusing luck. That's focusing that charge, that current, that mystery, that energy of the universe to do right or wrong. I prefer right, but there are right. people that use that energy, energy in a negative aspect as well. That is what we bring there. And whether we do it through earth traditions, whether we do it through spiritual or ancestral traditions, mm -hmm. luck is earned. So that's why I always say, may you earn your luck, which is a blessing and also a curse. So, so. it's manifest. You manifest it yourself. So this is where the creative part comes into play when you when you say that. Okay. We rub, against, we rub with our ancestors as well. So right. there are people that are down on their luck, as they say, and they carry an ancestral burden as well that right. needs to be removed. It's called uncrossing. Uh, right. January 1st, I do an uncrossing party where we... We smash old pottery. Oh, so we break okay. old cycles. So okay. we break old cycles, and then they have to step one foot over the threshold. I give them a candle to bring in new cycles. Now, you need to break cycles, whether they're good or bad, because you do not want to be stagnant water. You do not want right. to be stagnant in your life. So you have to develop new things. You have to go on new spins. You must refresh right. Right. So I wanted, I wanted to read what Peggy um, is saying here. Um, I heard non-dominant is like a spirit life path, the raw material given to you. The dominant hand is what you are doing with it. It can be changed by your choice. Talk about Would you chiromancy with it. So, okay. I believe that's what Peggy's saying there. I think reading. so. I think that's what yeah. she's referring yeah. to. Yeah. Would you yeah. agree to what she's saying there? Yeah. Um, like I said, if there are people that do pyromancy much better than myself, that is a definite plausible piece to it. And mm -hmm. um, I would say that that can make sense as well. That it's, it's not left or right, per se. It's dominant hand or not dominant right make sense but yes then yeah but then you'd always have to ask them for dominance or see the strength in one hand over the other some people have are ambidextrous as well two rights right right exactly so and danielle danielle's saying we danielle. should do this in spanish too <laughs> danielle is a bocono in, in uruguay who has had a, a journey through different uh, belief systems uh, within the diaspora, and he's a Bocono of uh, um, of the Fa, the Fagbasa, and yes. uh, he was very interested with your uh, you coming on the show today, and also because of your ancestor. So uh, I have, yeah, I have to confess, I do not speak Spanish. I um, when I first 
when I first um, connected with um, the Southern uh, Constellations mm -hmm. uh, down in, in um, uh, San Paulo, mm -hmm. uh, I had to go through a translator through Montreal. So it was a three-way call. Right. And I would see something, they're translated into Brazilian Portuguese. And um, then she would say something like that. But over the time, we have a, a language now. And it's not, right. it's not English, nor is it Brazilian. It's just our language. We can say something, and that right. reflection works very well. And sometimes we do call in to get the nitty-gritty details. We, get, we still have my my uh, friend and translator in uh, Montreal that does the call. Actually, well, well, in another occasion, we'll, we'll, we'll do a translated bilingual. <laughs> right, with Danielle and with John. You know what? I think, John Jerome, I think this is what we're going to, like, everybody that we are so far interviewing and, and yeah. enjoying this, I love it. I think there should be another part two of our um, um, our metamorphosis within our show is pairing people up. What do you think about that? I, I think I like the uh, John's uh, description or matter of the, the, we will call it ancestralized, the Southern Constellation discussion. You know, yes. like, <laughs> the Southern Constellation <laughs> rendezvous. Yes. And I, I would love, you know, the, it's, I learned so much about my own ancestors through right. learning about Kumbanda and learning with Spiritismo. Uh, I would love to. Wait till you meet Danielle. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have Danielle and John on a show oh, for oh, sure. Even oh, in yeah. private conversation, I would love that. For sure. uh, I'm always. I'm always up for a good conversation, especially if there's a stiff drink involved and much laugh. There we go. Uh, we have a Here we question go. for you, uh, John, just Melissa. more uh, from Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Uh, will John be Hi, teaching Melissa. a coin casting class in the near future, and will it be available online for students? Funny enough, I'm working on that right now. I'm trying to figure out – I've gotten um, – about 20 to 30 coin packets ready for classes. Perfect. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to do it online um, okay. for it. So get back. Uh, I will get back to uh, everyone on that, I promise. Right now, I'm just trying to figure out how to divide it up so it's distinct proper right and if it's go if it's going to be a series of classes you know every thursday or if it's going to be a three-parter that has right. space in between so people learn the stuff they get the right i get homework at the end and then in a month's time we get back together we have the discussion and then right the next day we do level two or part right. two of it get people there it's it's really hard and it's and because of this age of, of COVID-19 it's yes. interesting how we are now developing spiritually as well uh with everything going on it's absolutely and 
I was, like I was, that's right. I was going to say, John, if there's um, any, you know, workshops that are coming up, let us know. We can promote them for you. Okay. As well as I think recently, May 24th, you had um, finally put together your entire Sarah E. Kali Festival, which, yep. you know, due to COVID-19, I did get a chance to see it. It was done very well. And thank you to, um, I believe it was uh, Dale Evans uh, from Dale. Karen and, and uh, Karen Karen Evans and Dale Evans, um, no, who hold the uh, pub moots. Yeah. Is this Evan Dale's? Just Evan Dale's. He did the editing of the footage and did a remarkable job at splicing things yes. together, getting things there, putting the soundtrack, making me sound he legible. Did. I frustrated him. I'm pretty sure of it because we weren't able to uh, connect in person. So the long upload download times, mm -hmm. the, oh, no, I really meant this type of thing. I must have frustrated him, and thank you, Evan. He's quite patient. For, He's quite patient. But I also wanted, really quick, now that we're thanking people, I wanted to thank all the performers, all the people that tuned in for that. That's amazing. It is mm -hmm. on YouTube. If you go to Sarah E. Kelly Hamilton, there's a channel there that has um, – not only this year's, but we also have um, some other footage from previous years on there as well and linked right. up that way. Right. Uh, we'll be talking about Aginara in future. We'll be doing more um, more videos to talk about not only Wayfarership, but also um, June 26th, which is uh, Rat Finder or... Um, Rat Catcher, which is also known as the Pied Piper of Hamelin. Uh, he is an elevated spirit, and uh, he's he's a Romani elevated spirit, and it's uh, oh, been the past the past eight years working with a uh, Rat Catcher to see how to develop and to bring understanding and truth about uh, this piece. Mm -hmm. Again, Rat Catcher um, has the, he's the uh, binder of oaths. He's the person that will hold you to the truth. If you make a pact with right. Rat Catcher, you have to honor that pact. And there's other elements to him as well. Now, you said Raft, is that R-A-F-T? Raft. R-A-T. Rat catcher. Oh, 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 okay. Like the actual animal rat. Yes, the catcher of the In rat. Interesting, interesting. Well, I think, well, keep us informed. I definitely want to know more about that. And like I said, if there's any upcoming um, events that you want to uh, uh, tell us, please do so now or in future. We we have no problems. You yeah, know, and, and, and John, and to, to both yourself and to all our, our past guests and future guests, uh, we want the Ancestral Eyes, uh, you know, to be a, a really a voice, a, a portal for events, as Teresa is saying. Our whole intention is really to bring these ancestors from different regions, from different traditions uh, together and, and to basically 
provide a forum and a platform for them to know that there is a sense of community outside of even their own community, but that, that we're part of a bigger human family uh, and, a, and a family of ancestors that are coming together and that uh, really that you feel uh, a home uh, in ancestral lives, uh, not just for the show, but in future for events. And again, it's really, we, we love to have you back on a, a bilingual or Southern constellation show. And yes. uh, so we could, uh, you know, basically cover off a few interesting, maybe comparisons or, or commonalities. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I would love to have that part. And just to say that um, if city of Hamilton does uh, open up a bit more, there will be something at Bayfront Park in July. Oh, but it it depends. I I'm I'm holding mm -hmm. a a date, but um, I will know more as soon as the city knows more. Okay. And okay. As soon as, right. As soon as I'm given the green light, we will be doing part two of the celebrations. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Jean and, Jerome, we should go. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. We should uh, definitely, we'll definitely go and would love it. Would love it after a, a good way to 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 at least yes. bring this pandemic to some degree of a close. I've yes. been uh, I've been uh, scrolling at the bottom of the screen uh, John's contact information. So this video again will be uh, put on is already simultaneously being cast to YouTube. And it will be also on the, on the various podcast platforms in audio format, um, uh, iTunes Radio, oh, sorry, on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, on Spotify, and a few other um, speaker, oh, yeah, yeah, podcast platforms. So with that, uh, John, thank you very much. Yes. And, uh, know thank that you, you have so uh, family and... Uh, and that you're you're respected and loved, and that we really are honored to have you as part of the family, and we look forward to future projects and future Absolutely. opportunities. Thank to, you, John. To present your the belief system and to have it and to respect the ancestors, and to honor them in, in any way we can. Thank you Thank so you much, John. Thank you ever so much for coming on board. I was looking. I love. I love our shows. Honest to God, this is like right up my alley, you know? So I look forward to every one of my guests, every one of the guests that come on board. To me, they're mine, all of them, even your friends, John, uh, John Jerome, you know? I, I'm I'm so enjoying this. I, I look forward to Fridays. It's like, yay. <laughs> yeah, next, next Friday, just to let everybody know, next Friday on June 19th, yes. we have uh, Baba Nelson Oluawu. Nelson Alvarez, Baba Ifa Biyi of the uh, Ifa World Conference, uh, where we do research in terms of uh, the Ifa tradition, Ifa Orisha tradition, and uh, basically do a lot of research book publishing and all that, trying to uh, basically find and reconcile some of the aspects of language, culture, lineage between mm -hmm. the Afro-descendant, uh, Afro-Cuban, uh, Ifa Orisa, mm -hmm. and Ifa... Orisa and Esinibile Orisa from uh, Nigeria, especially in the Yoruba area. So uh, we'll be happy that that will be a bilingual show because Baba Nelson does not speak English. <laughs> so I'll be translating. I'll be uh, doing extra duties uh, for translating, but uh, it should be a good show. So thank you, everybody, thank for tuning in. 
Thank, Thank you, you once again. Hear your prayers, and may uh, we all earn our luck. Ashe, Ashe. Thank you, John. And uh, good night, everybody. Thank good you night, for everybody. tuning in. I hope we uh, answered some questions or most questions. Anyway, feel free to contact John, uh, Jean Jerome, or myself. So, with that, I bid everybody adieu, goodbye, farewell. Shouldn't the song now come on? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Bye bye.